October 2008, Detroit, Michigan. Two-year-old Tangina Hussain was put into the car by her mother's boyfriend. The two travelling a short distance to pick up Tangina's mother from work. A quick stop at the gas station for gum. The boyfriend would lock Tangina in the car, only for the toddler to go missing within the four minutes it took him to make his purchases. Allegedly. There was no surveillance cameras to show Tangina in the car that night, and no one besides the two adults in her life saw Tangina for a week leading up to her disappearance. And then some sketchy previous actions involving an underage girl come to light, leading even the FBI to question whether the mother's boyfriend knew more than he was saying in regards to Tangina's whereabouts. This is Tangina's story. When I go back to the car, like I'm inside the gas station like three, four minutes. When I go back to the car, I didn't see her, you know, and I'm out of mind. We talked to a man at the gas station who says he helped Tangina's mother and her boyfriend search the area. I took him around, you know, and we're trying to, you know, walk around. Went about, I would say, about a good eight, nine block radius. Police say surveillance video captures Hussein going into the gas station and coming back out, but does not show his car or Tangina. And then came back to the gas station. So you uh, you actually left the <coughs> gas station to get her mother before you called the police? Oh, yeah. Reports say the boyfriend proceeds to pick up Tangina's mom at the mall, drive back to the gas station, and then calls police. Cops say there's no sign of forced entry in the locked car. Who took beautiful two-year-old Tangina? I didn't get any trouble uh, like that before. I didn't lost anybody before. Authorities, including the FBI, have searched day and night for any sign of Tangina and say the case still remains active and open. A $20,000 reward is still being offered for any information leading to the two-year-old's whereabouts. Tangina Hussain was born April 10, 2006, to parents Nilyufa Begum and Muhammad Ahmed in Bangladesh. Tangina was somewhat of a band-aid baby for the couple whose five-year-old marriage was crumbling, and they were divorced soon after Tangina's birth. Both parents immigrating separately to the United States, Nilufa and Tangina settling in the Bengali community in Detroit, Michigan, whilst Muhammad received a transfer in his job to New York. Nilufa and Muhammad did have two older children who were already school-aged, and they remained in Bangladesh with Muhammad's parents, their grandparents. Late April 2008, 27-year-old Nilufa met fellow Bangladesh immigrant, 24-year-old Jimrul Hussain, and the two quickly became serious. According to Nilufa, Hussain took the father figure role in their short five-month relationship and treated little two-year-old Tangina like a daughter. And even though Tangina shared a surname with Hussain, She's not related to him. Hussain is just a popular and common Bengali surname. October 2nd, 2008. Nilufa had to work at her job at Northland Shopping Centre. As Hussain didn't have a car or a job, he lived with friends, he offered to drive Nilufa's 1997 Geo Prism to take her to work and babysit Tangina. This wasn't unusual and had become more of a normal occurrence over the last few months. And Nilufa trusted Hussain, so she had no reason but to agree to this arrangement. Nilufa walked away from her daughter at 2pm for work, thinking that she would see her only a short seven and a half hours later. According to Hussain, at 9pm he would place Tangina in her car seat. The night was warm so she was dressed light in white cargo pants, 
and a brown long-sleeved T-shirt with cartoon pictures on the front. On her feet were gold sandals. On the drive to pick up Nell Ufa, he stopped at the Marathon gas station, located in the 2500 block of Greenfield Road, with the intention to buy two packs of gum for himself and a juice box for Tangina. Hussain would later be adamant he locked the car behind him. There are no surveillance cameras on the outside of this gas station to confirm other cars or suspicious people in the vicinity. At 9.02pm, the gas station surveillance footage would pick up Hussain entering the store, buying the gum and the juice and exiting four minutes later. When he returned to the car, Tangina was gone, nowhere to be seen. But here is when things get hinky. For anyone else in this situation, maybe you do leave your toddler in the car. It was late. Maybe she was asleep. I could see myself leaving my little one there in that situation. But unlike basically every other single person on the face of the earth, Hussain doesn't call 911. He gets back into the car and he drives. He drives to pick up Nell Yufa at work. Now, obviously, Nalufa notices immediately her daughter isn't there, and she questions this, only to be told that, quote, he would take her to the place where Tangina was, unquote. Hussain would then proceed to drive the panicked mother back to the gas station, where they both searched for Tangina. Witnesses would later describe Nalufa as being hysterical and screaming, quote, I was at work, unquote, while she searched. One gas station patron, Michelle King, told local news channel WXYZ-TV that while the mother seemed hysterical, her boyfriend remained calm, quote, He had no expression on his face. It was like nothing was wrong, unquote. After searching for 15, 20 minutes for reasons that aren't clear, Nalufa called her workplace. It would be her boss who advised her to contact police to report her daughter missing with the call coming in to 911 just after 9.30. As you know, it's been 11 days now since little Tangina's disappearance from this gas station right here at the corner of 8 Mile and Greenfield. Supposedly, the man who uh, was uh, carrying the little girl at that time apparently came here to this gas station and uh, went inside, supposedly leaving Tangina locked inside of his a red four-door. Well, the fact of the matter is it's never been proven that the child ever made it to this gas station at all. Certainly questions about his statements as police are investigating him in the child's disappearance. In the meantime, over the weekend, there was a uh, pretty good size uh, search of this general neighborhood. Uh, the uh, mother and uh, an attorney trying to get a number of people to step up and Bert Johnson uh, also talking from Hamtramck about his concern for the entire family person has to realize, people have to realize that there's a mother who's suffering immeasurably, that there's a father who's uh, desirous of, question, of, of questions being answered, uh, and that there's a community that deserves to, to heal. It looks like there's a ton of people who are interested in her safe return as am I, whomever. The Detroit Police Department would search homes and properties in 8 Mile and Greenfield, which bookended the Marathon gas station. They completed a grid search looking inch by inch using search dogs, heat-seeking equipment, and eventually cadaver dogs. Police would expand this search in the days following Tangina's disappearance and search the neighbourhood where Tangina and her mother lived, but there was no sign of the toddler. It was as if Tangina had vanished into thin air. An Amber Alert being issued statewide at five the following morning. 
the Marathon gas station were more than cooperative in the investigation, turning over surveillance footage showing Hussein going into the gas station and making his purchases. Unfortunately, as I said, there was no external working surveillance cameras at the time. Police did request and watch hours of surveillance footage from neighbouring businesses, but there was no sign of suspicious motor vehicles and no sign of a lost and scared toddler walking alone. Tangina's father, Mohammed Ahmed, flew in from New York to join the search for his daughter. He added $5,000 of his own money to the $1,000 Crime Stoppers reward for any information in Tangina's whereabouts. This reward would eventually have another $20,000 added by the FBI, for a total of $26,000. This reward remains available today, 14 years later, and unfortunately it has never been close to being claimed. Mohammed was then and is to this very day very vocal on his suspicion that Hussein was responsible for disappearing his youngest child. Quote, We are praying that someone knows something that can help us find my daughter. How can a child disappear without someone seeing something? Something does not fit about Jemrul's story. Unquote. Police were hampered in their investigation from the get-go. Hussein's story didn't make sense, and even though he spoke fluent English, his attorneys would later argue he did not understand the American legal system, and there was a language barrier in the area where the mother and daughter lived. It had a majority Bengali population, with English not being the first language, leaving many residents who possibly did know something either scared of the police or not understanding the gravity of the situation due to that language and cultural barrier. Now, it is important to note that Nalufa did state in her police interview that she could not provide anyone who could confirm laying eyes on Tangina in the week leading up to her disappearance. What does this mean? I'm not sure. Tangina was only two. My youngest didn't go to daycare at this age, so we could spend a week indoors and no one outside our limited circle would see him, especially if he was unwell. So while this may be hinky... Was Nalufa hiding injuries to Tangina? Was Tangina missing, or worse, for longer? It also could be that Tangina was unwell, or they just didn't have the money or reason to go out. Both Nalufa and Hussein agreed to polygraphs. Nalufa passed hers with flying colours. Hussein would end up taking two polygraph tests. Neither were successful, however. Both tests had to be stopped due to Hussein's overly emotional responses and behaviour, rendering the tests useless. And when police asked to try for a third time, Hussein's lawyer refused. Said Hussein's lawyer, Patrick Sean Smith, quote, He's very afraid. He broke down. He is under intense pressure, unquote. During one of the last interview sessions with Hussein, it seemed as if he was on the verge of breaking down and admitting to something or possibly was going to say something about where Tangina was or what happened to her. But according to the Review newspaper, the investigator who leaked this information said his attorney silenced him before Hussein could say anything useful. Her confidence in Hussein would diminish, however, when the revelation of a serious and violent crime came to light that Hussein carried out only six months earlier. Early on in the investigation, 
A 15-year-old girl would come forward and claim that in February 2008, Jemrul Hussain had kidnapped her at gunpoint. He would allegedly hold her in the basement of a friend's home for a week and repeatedly raped her. The girl said she met 24-year-old Hussain when he began dating her mother, but then the two of them entered into a relationship themselves before splitting soon after. When asked why she waited more than six months before reporting the crime, she said it was because Hussein had threatened to kill her and her family. So instead, she told family and friends she ran away with her boyfriend. And based on this, Jamrul Hussein would be arrested for felony rape. December 2009. A Wayne County Circuit Court judge convicted Hussein to the lesser charge of criminal sexual misconduct, or statutory rape, a conviction that carried with it a sentence of one and a half to 15 years in prison. This downgrade of charges was due to the testimonies of witnesses that said the girl and Hussein were dating at the time. Now, I don't understand why this would be important, though. For one, the girl was open about this. She didn't hide the fact that she dated Hussein. Or should I say that Hussein groomed her? Because at 15 years old, she legally could not consent to sex with a grown-ass man. During January 2009, a random search of Hussein's cell turned up a shank and some hair in a small plastic bag. It is not clear how that hair got into his cell, but it was of course tested, and it did not belong to Tangina. Blood samples were also collected from Nalufa and Tangina's home, but forensic analysis would not show it a match to Tangina. The FBI have stated that they have collected evidence, but what that is... They're keeping that a close-guarded secret. In 2011, Hussein appealed his conviction, arguing that his Miranda rights were not translated into his native Bengali language, and that the court failed to suppress two statements made to investigators. Ultimately, though, the appeals court rejected Hussein's arguments, noting that he spoke English fluently, and he voluntarily gave those statements to police. So what could have happened to Tenjina? If Jamrul Hussain is being honest and he was not involved, then who and why? Was she abducted by a predator? But there was no sign of a struggle. There was no sign of someone damaging the car to get it opened. Could two-year-old Tenjina have unlocked the car and wandered off on her own? Or did she unlock the car at the urging of a stranger or someone she knew and left with that person? By November 2008, Nelufa publicly admitted her doubts over her former boyfriend's version of events. She said that she now believed Hussein knew more about her daughter's disappearance than he was telling people. Police have also stated that they have doubts over Hussein's story, but he's never been named a person of interest. Nelufa has since returned to Bangladesh to live and be closer to her remaining children. A candlelight vigil was held on what would have been Tangina's third birthday, April 10, 2009, at the Marathon gas station where she was last seen. Her father, Mohammed, flew in from New York to assist volunteers in handing out flyers in the search for his daughter. Now, Yufa's attorney stated, She's feeling more helpless than she ever has, but as long as there's no bad news, there is always a possibility for good news. That's the only thing keeping Nelufa going. Unquote. Tangina Hussain was two years old at the time of her disappearance. 
She's of East Indian descent and was three foot two and thirty-four pounds with short black hair and brown eyes. Tangina was last seen wearing white cargo pants, a brown long-sleeved t-shirt with cartoon pictures on the front and gold sandals. She has a burn scar on her chin and upper lip area. If Tangina is still alive today, she would be 16 years old. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Tangina Hussain, please contact the Detroit Police Department on 313-569-1800. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice. And subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music.